0: Amen. I just want to add to that prayer, actually. Um, As we're worshipping, I just felt led to pray this, that I'm going to use the name of Jesus in this prayer, actually. And I just pray, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, ears will be opened and eyes will be opened and hearts will be pierced as as I bring God's word this morning. Amen. So, I'm speaking on community, specifically, specifically generosity this morning, but actually I won't be mentioning any of those words for about half of my talk, because I want to start off by looking at the foundation of who we are, and we're a better place to start than the very start of the Bible. Oh, my clicker's not working, can you? Cl- Brilliant, thank you. This is a very familiar verse, Shall we read this together? In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. That's it. And I, Actually, I'm going, to go, I'm going to rewind a bit and just move a bit. Right, there we go. In the beginning, God created. And it's, it's the word created that I really want to focus on. And I've outdone myself this morning. I've sort of delved into a bit of research and looked at, into some Hebrew, which I don't normally do. Ooh. So, if the Hebrew for created... I hope there's no, not too many scholars here, it's, it's pronounced bara, or something like that. And in Hebrew, you could have three words to describe something being created. But this specific word, uh, bara, um, talks about being created from absolutely nothing. And think about that. We've got this incredible universe, but God started it from Nothing. It doesn't matter whether we believe in six days' creation or the Big Bang. It's still the same. It came from nothing. And just to illustrate that, I want to play a very quick game. So I need two volunteers, please. It's about 20 seconds long. Don't all rush at once. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going any further until really I get to the yeah, air. Brilliant, it was one. Exactly. Hooray. Thank you. Right, you're in trouble, Albert. I've got to pick on you. Right, I just simply need you, you two to build me a Jenga tower, okay? Quite simple. They've got 20 seconds to build the best Jenga It doesn't have to be tall. Jenga tower. Well, this is Geronimo, it's, a, it's fake. So, Wendy, this is for you. All right, thank you. And the table is yours as well. Albert, yeah. I don't know why you're coming close, because I'm not going to give you anything. Right. I've got to do it from nothing. You've got to build a jenga tower from absolutely nothing. And it has to be a jenga tower. So Jenga. A tower of wood. Oh. So you can create anything you like, Wendy. It can be any sort of shape, but 20 seconds starting now. Right. I Think Albert needs some encouragement because <laughs> Wendy's doing better. 5 seconds. Come on, Albert. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. Right, get off, get off. It's marvelous, isn't it? What's my point? Oh, my slide's gone ahead of me. That's not fair. It's too late, they've to seen it now. The Clicker doesn't seem to be working. Yeah. Next slide. Yeah, so what do I want to get out of this? Yeah, you're getting it. Um, God created the world out of nothing. And without the substance of the universe, what was Albert able to bring and create? Nothing. And that's the point I'm trying to make. We, we are nothing without God. But and the, we think of the world as... In ours, don't we? And we think, oh, we own a house, or we own a car, and I've got a career, and look at me, how cool I am. But where did it all come from? It came from God. And we, we kind of, in a way, claim an ownership over the world, but there's no mention that the world belongs to us at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Next slide. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That's us, by the way. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. So actually, we're more like tenants, really, rather than owners. But we continue, don't we, to treat it like it is ours. We massively invest in this world. We buy our houses. We, we do all the sort of worldly stuff. But what I'm trying to draw out this morning is actually the world is temporary. And we can, I don't want, I, I want to break some bad news to you guys. Maybe you didn't realize this, but the world's going to end one day. It is going to end. And there's another verse. Next one. It's not working. Okay, fine. Next one, please. Yes. Um, Isaiah 51. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish away like smoke, and the earth will grow old like a garment, and those who dwell on it will die like manna. The earth is going, guys, but there's a bit of eternity here. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not be abolished. Amen. I'm going to share my water with the Jenga Tower. Could be dangerous. So we're actually, we live in a temporary world, and we live in a temporary body. We're actually designed, we're, we're, we're eternal, by the way. We live forever, um, it's about, actually, it, it, what, what this is about is where we go in the end, whether we spend eternity with Jesus or we don't. But we do live for eternity. And we're actually designed to worship God. That's what that is our purpose. We're designed to worship God, have a relationship with God, and to worship and honour him. Next verse, please. Uh, uh, this says it quite nicely. This is God speaking. This people I have formed for myself, yeah, they shall declare my praises. Yeah? That's what we're here for. We're designed to interact with God. But that's not what we do. No, that's not what we do, is it? And I'm, I'm broadening this not just the church, but the whole world. What, what does the world do instead of worshipping God? Oh, excuse me, guys, I've just got to pause for a second. I hope you don't mind. Um, I'm just going to take a selfie of myself. Is that all right? How am I looking this morning? Is my hair in good shape? <coughs> yeah, looking handsome. One moment, one moment. I, I'm just going to put that on the. What's, came out nice, that I did. Um, I put that on Facebook later on, because I love to have Facebook because it's 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 like a web page and it's all about me. So you could visit if you like, and you could come and see all about me. So exciting. To the point I'm making, how. That's what our culture does. And by the way, I don't do Facebook. I hate Facebook. <laughs> it's awful. Yay! <laughs> um, that's what our culture is like, isn't it? It's all about, come look at my life. Come look at me. Um, the younger generation now, we are told, have more mental health issues than any previous generation. And I was in, um, in my local uh, shop about a month ago, and the uh, newspaper grabbed my attention, it was a local newspaper, and the headline was something like, 15-year-old girl takes her life. And of course I read the article, and mostly the article was quoting the mother. And uh, she was obsessed with Snapchat. That's all she lived on, up to eight hours a day. And um, one evening she posted, I think I might take my life tomorrow morning. (laughs) what do people think about this? And she was just throwing out this, this question, not to a real person, but just to a, a community, a community that she wanted to, to support her. She was asking for help. And apparently nobody read that message. So the next day she did commit suicide, which is absolutely tragic. But I just want to point out where was she, what was she doing? was doing. Was she looking to God? Or looking out? She was actually looking out to try and get kind of the opposite of what we're designed to do. We're designed to give out to God, but she was doing this, and it it wasn't satisfying her. So what's the solution? There is a solution to this, and the world needs to listen to it, doesn't it, really? And I'm kind of going back on myself, going back onto what I was saying at the start, is that we're designed to interact with God. And... uh, the Pharisees would come to Jesus quite a lot, wouldn't they? They'd try and trip him up. And one occasion, they came to Jesus and had a question. If you go to the next slide. Uh, they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, and as, as I read this, I'm going to try and read it slowly. I'm just focus on the word all, as I read it, or the alls. <coughs> and it's, this is actually a really profound when you think about it. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And I would probably guess that actually none of us can actually do that. If you think about how deep that is, we'd love to cling on to the, the treasures of this world and the temporary stuff as in terms of our security. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could truly, truly love God? Right, as I promised, I haven't yet spoken about community, but it's about to get communal, so it's good. So if we go to the next slide. And Jesus then continues to go on and talk about the second. Love your neighbor as yourself. And again, this is, this is quite deep. If you're hungry, you'll go to the cupboard and feed yourself. What if you see your brother or sister who's hungry? should feed them or clothe them or love them, or embrace them, because that's what we do for ourselves. So the solution to the world that looks to itself is actually to look out. We're designed to have community with God, and we're designed to have community with those around us. And I've been talking about a temporary world, haven't I? And everything in this room on, in the universe is, is going to go, or at least the Earth's going to go. But there is etern- eternity in the room, and that's each other. If you just look around the room, just try and get an eye contact with someone, you'll see that... Yeah, I can see a few people hesitantly look at somebody. Uh, you'll just... If you, if you caught someone's eyes, you've just looked into eternity because that's what you and I are. We're eternal. And we're called to invest in the eternal God and the eternal community. Okay, so I'm going to do a a few quick fire verses um, that just describe what community means in terms of what the Bible says about community means. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. And that's Again, it's just profound, isn't it? Jesus came and he died for us for this. Again, just giving out to the community. Next one, please. Just sort of digest this as I read this. Be devoted to one another in love, honour, honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fever forever. Serve in the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality Next one. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with the people of low position. Do not be conceited. I think there's another one yet. Skip that one. Right, I'm not. just leave it there, I'm just gonna pause. Um, so the stuff that I've just read out, um, Sounds great, doesn't it? And I think as a church, as a church community, perhaps we touch on some of these. We get some of these things right. These things are easy to say, though, but to do them are a little bit harder. And I'm just going to raise the stakes and read this one. This is like probably the the top verse in the whole Bible that describes the ultimate in community. And the reason I'm reading this is to say that well, this is what we should be like, but actually we're here. We're trying, but we're not quite getting there. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. How cool is that? Added to their number daily those who were being saved. So, that's nice. But we're not there yet, are we? We haven't quite reached that pinnacle. Um, And you might go, well, James, that's, that's the Bible. That's not real life. Jesus had just ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit had just been given out. Of course they were going to be like that. We can't do that today. Well, that's not entirely true. I kind of—I just want to plug this book. Um, well, I can't plug the whole book because I've only got to chapter seven, so I'm just plugging one to seven. Um, it's Reese Howard's Intercessor. Has anyone read this? It's awesome, isn't it? It's such an awesome book. Um, it's kind of really challenging me because the depth of this guy's relationship with God and the depth of his intimacy with the Holy Spirit is like, whoa. I thought I was okay, but this guy just takes it to another level. So if you want a good read, and you just want to be challenged by this, um, um, by this, but the reason I'm highlighting this is that the sort of things the Holy Spirit got him and his friends to do was very, very similar to Acts 2. And this was in the times of the Welsh Revival. This guy was born in 1879, so he's no longer around. You can't get a signed copy, sorry. Sorry. and it, it, it talks for his journey through the world's revival. And that's kind of where I've got to. And it's like, wow, this is awesome. And it's, there's a massive community stuff going on. Um, he was working in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to kind of draw on that in a minute. But I do want to come back to who we are and say that we're, we, we can try and do this community stuff, can't we? As described in Acts 2 and the sort of awesome stuff that you might read about in this. But ultimately, we're human beings and we're a bit rubbish and we're a bit weak and we're inherently selfish, etc., etc. And yeah, some of us might be more gifted in the flesh than others, but ultimately, we're not as good as this sort of stuff. I'd like to share with you um, a couple of stories of where I attempted to do community and failed. And I'm really, I'm sharing this to, as a way to say that. I'm weak. We're all weak. Um, So going back in my old church um, 10 years ago, there was a guy there who was severely disabled. Severely disabled. Um, He couldn't even talk properly. You'd have to really concentrate to hear what he was saying because he didn't have correct motor control over his tongue and mouth. And he could just about move his manual wheelchair with one foot when I first knew him. Not many people tried to talk to him because... It was a bit awkward trying to talk to him. It was very hard to understand what he was saying. And then, of course, he got He was in his 50s at this point, and then he got older and older, and age caught up with his condition, and it caused him to become much, much more disabled, until, in the later years, he was not able to propel himself around in a wheelchair. He was just in his chair. He had to wear a bib because he'd started to dribble. He couldn't control himself that way. And he said to me, um, at some point, James, I just want to die. That was his—that was his quality of life. And he wasn't private; he would—he would tell anyone that that he would listen. And at some point during this, the latter years of his life, I felt a, a calling to to engage with him and to be his community. And that meant basically two things: visiting him occasionally, midweek, just spending time with him. And bringing him to church, which meant driving a special. He lived at Seven Springs on the Penby Road, and driving a se- special vehicle. And I brought him to church once. And before I brought him out, I guess the bib that he had to wear, because he dribbled, hadn't been changed, and it really smelt. And actually, as I pushed him up into the car in to get him to church, I was like, "Oh, this, this really smells." And it was, it was really really out of my comfort zone, massively. It was really hard. And I took him to church just once. And then I had the chance to visit him, of course, as well. And I visited him two times, maybe three times. And again, I was massively outside of my comfort zone. Um, I'm not really much of a talker. I know I'm saying a lot now, but look, I've prepared it all, so I'm cheating. But kind of live, I'm not really good at making conversation. And, well, you can't hear what he's saying. So, hanging out with a guy that doesn't talk back and trying to generate some conversation. I don't really have that gift. And I, I stopped going. And I felt I did let him down. And I felt God put him on my heart. So I'm sharing this really to say that communities can be really hard. It can be really hard to do this sort of stuff. We need God's power to do it. But I'd like to I'd just share a better story than that. Um... This is more recent. I'm a plumber. I was working in someone's attic, and I knew somebody who had financial need. So while I was working on the bit of pipe, I started to pray for this person's needs. And I said, God, would you help with this person with their financial need? And he said, well, how about you help him? And I was like, oh. And it wasn't a small amount. It wasn't 100 pounds. It was quite a bit more money. And uh, I kind of argued with God for about... Three minutes, something like that. Uh, guess who won? I knew it was, I knew it was right. Um, can you go to the next slide, please? I got this verse on my heart. This is John the Baptist speaking. Anyone who has two hearts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. This verse just came into my head. Uh, what could I do? Except say, Sharon, darling, we need to give some money to somebody. Um, and we we did but I'm showing that because even though we did what was right felt God's call on the heart over this situation there was cost involved that was some of our savings that we had to to give to somebody so community is hard and community is costly and I've been talking so long I've no no idea where I am on my notes (laughs) okay right Yes, this is the good bit. So how do we achieve this? We're like, we're here in our power, and then we've got things like Acts 2, which is up here. Like, We're trying. We're trying to do this thing. So how do we do this? Well, of course, we do it in God's strength. Can we go to the next slide? This is Jesus speaking. He's just, he's just about to ascend into heaven. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming. <coughs> I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high. Just wanted to, uh, there's lots of verses that say this sort of thing, but I chose this one because it uses the word power. And it's not about our power. It's about his power. And it was thought it was really interesting that the, what Ade shared about the name of Jesus. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. And it's not about doing it in our strength. It's about doing it the power of him. And I would just want to, that, that big word that I had earlier on, the word nothing. Without him, we can do nothing, which is actually a really good thing. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. This is really, actually, amazingly good news. Think about it. We didn't have to do it in our strength. That's brilliant. And this actually creates a level playing field because there'll be some among us who say, yeah, I can do that. But there'll be many that will say, I'm not very communal. I can't really do that sort of thing. That's great because you don't have to do it in your strength. We, c- we can do it in his strength. Um, an example of this is, I'm kind of, don't tell anybody this, I'm kind of naturally miserable. Shh. <laughs> Um, And when I first received the power, first received the Holy Spirit, um, I had a bit of a problem, because for weeks afterwards, here on my face, hurt. (laughs) Because I was smiling. I couldn't stop smiling. Joy was in my heart. And I hadn't used those masters properly before. (laughs) There was a word shared here three, four weeks ago, um, I don't think I do the word justice, but just to summarise it, the word was, we all have value, but some don't feel like we have value. But we can all enrich others. I'll read that again. We all have value, but some don't feel like they have value. However, we can all enrich others. And we all do have value. We all have value. But when you stir in the power of Jesus... Wow, that's when the magic happens. So how do we do this? It's not, it's not a formula. We don't go, come on then, Jesus. Empower me. It's not like that. Going back to what I said before, it's about a relationship with Jesus. It's about a relationship with the Father. When we spend time in the presence of God, when we spend time in personal worship, personal prayer, then we get empowered by him when we get filled up. And when we get filled up, properly filled up, then we give that out. And it's not our strength. It's not even our love. It's his love that's deposited in us that it's just give it out. And we can't help ourselves. So actually, this comes back to what I said at the start. We're designed to be in community with God. And as we do that community with, with each other just naturally comes. And the more we realize the cost of our salvation, the more we realize the, the depth of what Jesus did, the depth of that relationship, uh, the more we want to just give back to him. And the more we surrender our lives, the more we will surrender our hearts, the more we want to give to him. It just, it's snowball, isn't it? It's cool. I love it. Um, Yeah, I want to throw in a verse. It's kind of, I think you might not understand why I'm throwing it in I hope you follow the way my brain works. If you flick two, two slides on, yeah, that's the one. This is kind of highlighting the temporiness of the world and how amazing eternity is. And it's kind of comparing the two and how rubbish the world is in terms of eternity. But whatever gain I had, I count as Loss. For the sake of Christ, indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Do you see that? How rubbish the world is, but it's, it's a call there to invest in the eternal, to invest in each other. If we flick back one slide. Yeah, that's the good one. This is the one where it's, it's, there's, there's three alls. We're to give God our all. So, I hope you've been listening so I've got a question. Without God, what do we have? Brilliant. You're good at this. If you go to the gym, if you want to be a bodybuilder and you go to the gym, see how I'm a fine example of this. You could look at the weights, but they're not going to make you become a bodybuilder. You've got to work the weights, you've got to engage with the weights. It's like that with our relationship with, with God. It's all very well looking at your Bible. That's a nice Bible, isn't it? You've got to read it, you've got to work those weights. You've got to have that relationship with Christ. You've got, re- you've got to spend time in his presence. Spend time in personal worship. Think about when Moses went up the mountain. I think he was up there for about 40 days. And he came down, his face was glowing because he spent time in the presence of God. It's exactly the same now. If we spend time in the presence of God, we glow with his presence. We glow with his love. And we can give that out. I, my kind of last question, last challenge on this is Whose responsibility is this, to do this? (coughs) Of course. It's our responsibility. You can't go, oh, well, it's somebody else's responsibility. It's Stuart's responsibility. He's the pastor. He's got to make my relationship with God perfect. No. Not at all. It's about us spending time with God. And when we do that, we are clothed with power. And when we do that, We can give out that love. Amen.